Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. Glad to have you along with us. You can check out Blue Water Climate Control at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or you can see them on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate. Again, glad to have them a part of the podcast with Austin Price and Jesse Simonton. Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Glad to have you along with us. Austin, Jesse, jump right into it here. It's the day before. Tennessee's got three guys on the board. Two of them are going to do something. We don't think Zach Evans is going to do anything. Where does it stand with D. Beckwith? Where does it stand with Malachi Wyman? Well, like we talked about in the chat last night, and that's the it's the dreadful part of the new way that we do this. The signing period in December. I mean, you're talking about you know everybody. Talking, what, what, I need an update. I need an update. It's two kids. I mean, like, it just doesn't change. I mean, it's, like, it's totally different. You know, really Malachi is. Wyman's not talking at all. Right. Ole Miss feels confident. Their boosters feel confident. Uh, you know, they got the last visit. They got the last they visit. Just, they just cut just, a, a wide receiver loose. Yeah, who'd been a commit. So. But Tennessee doesn't feel like that they're out for Malachi Wyman either. I mean, there's, I mean, the kid's talking to the schools, but. You know, as far as talking to any media person or any of that kind of thing, I mean, it's not happening. So, you know, uh, who really knows? Um, yeah, I do think it's you know that Tennessee is is right there. Now they may not get him, but I mean, you know, they've uh, you know as I've said, they've done all they can do in in, in that one. Um, but we and, don't believe he shut it down and told no, one school I don't believe or that, the other. Correct. I don't what believe he's, he's told anybody what he's doing. Um, I, you know, to my knowledge, he did not commit publicly to Ole Miss this or, to, or sorry, probably to Ole Miss this weekend. They may feel good about, you know, where they where they're at, but um, I don't think that's done. And then, you know, as far as D Beckwith, I mean, you know, the kid Instagrammed a picture from Knoxville on Sunday. Should tell you, Tennessee feels pretty good about where well, they're and, and, at. And, and, but the, we'll see. In, in the reverse you know. of the dominoes of. Ole Miss got the last visit, and they dropped a kid and, and what have you. Tennessee feels good about D. Beckwith with Larry Scott, his lead recruiter. Likely hasn't been announced yet, but going to be the head coach at Howard. The fact that Tennessee, Austin kind of detailed this, the Mailbag podcast, did a really nice job presenting D. and his family with kind of, all right, this is how we will use you in Jim Chaney's offense, kind of the Swiss Army knife, tight end, H-back, wide receiver type. And while Florida did get the last visit, I think that, you know, again, add up Cameron Beckless being a preferred walk-on here and kind of some of the other dominoes that Beckless been here several times. Uh, I think Tennessee likes their chances there. And, and actually, Florida didn't get the last visit because he was up here unofficially yeah. this past yeah. weekend. Yes. Yeah, so, but did not so. see coaches, though. Right. Didn't see but But, yeah, he came but, back I mean, on look, his own. Part of it's come to hang out with guys. Yeah. You know, hang out with people that he knows. I mean, he, did, he didn't come up here and – walk around by himself on campus and you know what I mean I mean he he, he came in and hung out with people that he knows that's yeah. going to Tennessee so um you know that that's kind of where that one is he Beck was going to go tomorrow morning yeah it's supposed to go at nine thirty eastern uh 8 30 central so that's a it's a win for all of us that are uh, early, watching that one it's an um, early one the only time I've heard and it's, I don't think it's definitive um would be noon for Malachi Weidman which means which, I mean, that's better than 2 or 3 o'clock. But, you know, I mean, ultimately we wish every kid would go at 8 o'clock in the morning. Send their papers in at 7.30 in the morning and be done. Uh, but so approximately noon there uh, on that. And that's the only two really bear watching. I mean, because Jakari's going to South Carolina, and that's it. I mean, there's nobody else. And that's why I'm saying, like, right. you know. But, uh, but my point is Jakari's, we don't think there's anything there with Jakari. 
No, I don't. Okay. I don't, you know, unless something crazy's happened in the last 48 hours. That right. one's, he's headed to South Carolina. Right. And that yeah. one's felt like South Carolina because of all the ties to Carolina for a while. They got the unofficial visit right before he visited here. Then they get the final OV. I mean, I think Tennessee liked Chikari. And if you don't land Weidman and you didn't offer, you know, uh, the lad kid a scholarship, you, you, it, with the way the wide receiver numbers are, I think they absolutely would prefer to have Chikari in the fold. But... You know, them's the break sometimes. Yeah. And then now we all wait for well, three I mean, months for, for the Zach Evans saga. So. And, 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 we'll get to Zach Evans. And, in and you know, with the Caldwell <laughs> thing, I mean, like, yeah, Tennessee, they swung best they could swing. I mean, like, the kid's got ties to South Carolina. His whole family's went to South Carolina. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, it, that one just the, the, it just was going to be a – you were going to be – trying to climb a hill that you just couldn't climb. The flip side for Tennessee fans is they're like, well, wh- when's Tennessee going to get the laydowns? Like, wh- when's Tennessee going to get a laydown? That's like somebody else swings, but there's just too much. Tennessee's just entrenched too much that it doesn't matter. Now they've got some of those kids. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, you know, they had a tie to get them Darnell right. But there's so many of these guys that it seems like Tennessee takes a swing at. If you're a fan of Tennessee and you follow recruiting, that so many times it's like Tennessee put their best foot forward, but it wasn't enough to overcome the tie they have to this school or to that school. And Tennessee fans are going, why is well, it? Why I mean, is it? It seems like Tennessee can't get now. McConkie's a guy that Tennessee elected not to recruit or not to offer, which you know I think they could have got him as a laydown because of his ties to Tennessee and fandom for Tennessee. But there's not been a ton of those. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. Um, you know, but the, the truth is, is like you know, this is such a weird state. Tennessee's for the last decade not been very good. Right. People have been moving in from out of states and stuff, so some of these kids that have been good didn't have, weren't like naturally tied to this state, and so and then again, anything you know west of Nashville, you know Memphis area. I mean that's you know you can be to several other SEC schools in the same amount of time or faster. You know so thus it's just it's just a weird deal to try to get a lay down. Yeah. You know, but I mean hey. And t- the funny thing is, I was looking at this yesterday. And I just pulled it back up. Tennessee and South Carolina have had some kind of interesting, uh, I wouldn't even call it battles because it's like one school kind of decided maybe to not go so hard after one prospect and they ended up in Tennessee's class or the vice versa. I mean, uh, you know, AP, this summer, how many, we talked to Eric Shaw multiple times. You know, he was a guy, but Tennessee is kind of, D. Beckwith has taken that kind of hybrid whatever role for Tennessee. Rico Powers is a wide receiver that came up here multiple times. Um, South Carolina is going, conversely, they're going to land Zachondre White, the running back who this staff liked a lot. Uh, so it's just kind of funny. You know, these two schools, I feel like the last three or four years, have really gone up against each other, uh, mano y mano, for several guys. Yeah, they have. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things you just kind of you get in those little runs. You know, Tennessee goes head to head with Auburn, Tennessee goes head to head with. Ole Miss as he goes head to head with South Carolina or whoever. On the Ole Miss um, one, the, that train's going to start happening a bunch now that Lane's going to really go after Memphis, I think. Well, and he's going to – I don't even know if it's Memphis as much as it is just – I mean, he's going to recruit on a, a much broader scale than what the like previous staffs have. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not going to be, okay, we're going to try to recruit, you know, Mississippi. We'll try to dive into Memphis a little bit. You know, he's going to recruit. He's going to recruit nationally. He's going to recruit nationally. I mean, he, he's going to go after the highest ranked kids. He can go after. You which, know, that's that's what he's going to which, do. Which the irony is, is that's what Hugh did, and the reason Mullen was able to have success at Mississippi State is because Mississippi the state, the state itself, does produce some good football players. players. Yeah. And so you just 
load up on in-state kids. So Leach obviously does not, we're on a tangent here, but Leach does not have a reputation as a strong recruiter, but he could actually build some nice classes if Lane's out there trying to pick kids from Nashville, Memphis, Atlanta, California, wherever, and Leach is just like, well, I'll just take all the in-state kids. Yeah, so that, that's going to be an interesting dynamic, and we swing into Ole Miss with the Zach Evans story and, and where that's at. Who wants to dive into that thing first? Because, look, I don't think he's going to do anything. You know, theoretically, he can sign scholarship papers on on Wednesday, and he may. I don't know financial that he's going paper. to. Or financial aid. Or, you know, not a national letter, right. okay, whatever you want to call him. I don't think that he's going to do that because I think he's going to continue to go through the process in in March, you know, and everything else. But any guess on kind of what where that thing is at or where – not where he's going, but where his recruitment sits on the eve of signing day. It, it'll change five minutes from now. I mean, it really does. I mean, I've made enough. I've had enough conversations to where, you know, Ole Miss was in a good spot. Then he finds negatives in Ole Miss. Tennessee's been a team that looked good in his eyes, and he finds problems with Tennessee. Same thing with Florida. Same thing with. I mean, he just he he looks for the warts. You know, and I mean, everybody's got warts. Right. So uh, you know, you, you're eventually including gonna, himself in the mirror, yeah, him in the mirror. Yeah. So. so I mean, eventually you gotta you gotta try to, you know, find the school that has the least amount of warts where you feel like you can be competitive. The kid, you know, maybe the kid goes full circle and comes back around to A and M. But I know that you know, he and that family don't want him to go to A and M. And that you know, it was just they just don't feel like that's the right fit for him. Now, but the longer this goes, I think the act, the 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 more the, the home state school is going to stay in this. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, because they're they're right down the road, and you know, this thing's going to drag on, and and you know, who knows how long. Well, here's the question, and, and I'm not talking about Tennessee specifically, okay? Because I mean, look, high profile talent, guy could play. Everybody needs talent. Everybody wants talent. You know, and, and all those things. As a, as a coach, though, at some point, do you think you just say, "So I it's had not, this, it's not it's not worth." It. This, that's a great question. Josh Ward on his program yesterday asked me this very question, and I said, "If hypothetically National Signing Day plays out the way that it could, this is just one avenue, one scenario." But Tennessee lands D Beckwith, and they don't land Malachi. The Vols are going to have a spot to play with where they can either count Bellis Jones forward. Or, count or him hold them or count them now. It cost, so it costs them nothing to keep kicking the can down the road with the Zach Evans deal for now. Can they lose patience come March if Jeremy goes in home and there's still no you know, real uh, grasp of, of where this kid's actually leaning one way or another if they don't feel like they have traction? I do find it a little bit peculiar that they didn't even send Jay to Nashville just to visit with him. Tennessee still has some visits to play with. I understand holding the bullet in the chamber for the Pruitt in-home deal. It does seem a bit odd, though, not even just to send an assistant coach when the kid's hanging out in your state. But right now, to your kind of big-picture question, I don't think it, it costs Tennessee anything to continue to kind of kick the tires on Zach Evans and say, we, it's not like we're going to bump another kid or, or, or if we had a guy right now we would want to take – they're going to be in a good. Even if they land Malachi, they can still because of the Vilas Jones deal. So I just think that that's I think what they're, they're going to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to punt. I, I think they'll play the long game here, mostly because the two guys that are the most involved, you know, Brian Niedermeyer and Jay Graham, are just kind of grinders. 
those guys understand the long game. They're not going to, you know, they're not just going to get frustrated and go, that's it. You know, so uh, Jay's been in that one for a long time. The kid, you know, has reached out to Jay um, in the last few days, you know, and, and to me that's a good sign that the kid, that Jay didn't have to reach out to the kid. The kid reached out to him um, that, that shows that there's at least some interest there, you know, and it's not just interest on Tennessee's end to kind of keep this thing going, that the kid's got some interest in at least, you know, continuing to go down that road and giving Tennessee a look. You know, the thing with the Nashville deal, and I'm not saying Lane Kiffin and, and, and Ole Miss did anything wrong, because, I mean, it's, it's, if they did, they're caught because it's high profile out there. But, but with the scrutiny that that kid's recruitment is under, I wonder if some people are a little bit like, you know what, about how did he yeah. get to Nashville? What does it look like that instead of going to Houston to see him, you're just going two hours down the road I, where there's I, – I, I can guarantee I wonder you, if there's a little bit of just – I don't know about that one. A lot of people are going to ask a lot of questions. That's exactly what this is. You brought it up, so I'll go down that road. That I'm not saying they did anything wrong. No, I'm no, just saying you're, but, but you're, because you're the compliance offices – To quote – to use Jesse's word, the optics of this – as you said, how did he get there? Not all great. that. I mean, we, you know, I saw him going back and forth at Buck yesterday on the board, you know, um, about stuff. I mean, it doesn't. It's just the optics. And so well, when 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 if when, you and, don't and, think he's doing anything tomorrow, meaning you didn't have to get face to face with him yes. in the final forty eight hours, then I totally get why you just say, you know what, we'll see you in March. We'll see you in March. We'll come down there, and, and you know who knows? Maybe he comes back up here, and they still go, and they go see him then. Who knows? Um, we'll see. We'll see where the kid is. You know, come March. I mean, a lot can change. Even though it's oh, a dead sure. month, I mean, a lot can still change in the month. Now, of, it is funny that you, you bring up the picture, though. Does some school just say, you know, enough is enough? That seems to have happened with some schools previously. That you do wonder at some point. I mean, Evans is kind of losing his options here. Well, but here's which the is thing. why I do think he kind of wants to take an official visit to either Oregon or Florida because I do think he kind of wants to, you know, expand his horizon. I mean, AP's brought up, you know, Ohio State, no, you know, some of these other schools, no. We know that you know he's been involved with A and M, LSU, and Georgia at one point or another. Alabama said no, you know. So there's, I do think that there's a little bit of even from his own viewpoint, hey, maybe I should, which is why I think he's circled back to Florida. Well, and, and I think, you know, I think you got a young man here, too, and I don't know him, okay, I'll be the first to admit it, probably looking for perfection, you know, probably looking for something that doesn't completely exist, like the place that has no warts, you know, some kids fall in love with a shiny object. It, he's going 180 degree opposite to make sure he doesn't fall in love with a shiny object, and he's finding all the things that are, red, quote, red flags for him, things he's not comfortable with which means he's probably seeking something that probably doesn't really exist in terms of a perfect place, which the question then becomes, at some point in time, somebody has to sit down with him. He has to sit down, and they have to say, look, if you're going to play college football, you got to make a choice. You're going to have to do something. Quit chasing and looking for the most perfect place out there because it probably doesn't exist. Um, not to say that any place that you choose would be a bad place. There's probably some places that are better for you than other places. But the fact of the matter is you can't find the perfect, absolute, you know, well, I mean, when you, best place. When you just look at the kind of the perceived finalists for, for Zach, you know, um, Ole Miss, you know, is a school that, you know, has not really won, you know, um, on a consistent level. Tennessee's. 
obviously got history, but they haven't won enough here lately. But they do have what many perceive to be a, a one of the better offensive lines in, in the league coming back, uh, especially with the potential if Cade wins his appeal. Uh, Florida State was trying to get in the mix, but they have no offensive line. Florida makes some sense because, you know, um, you know the way Mullen goes offensively. Uh, Oregon, you know, makes some sense because they are a flashy object. And, and they're and, good and, on the offensive line. And, and much like Oklahoma – they're they're a consistent top ten team in a bad league, mm-hmm. you know. So like you you may not go play great competition every week, but you're going to be high profile enough to get your name out there. But they're a long ways from. But the they're house. a long ways away from the house. A and M, you know, that that one makes the most sense out of anybody, just because I mean they're an hour down the road, you know. But for whatever reason, to this point, he is he's punning on the Aggies. Right. He's not been he's not been the most comfortable with them. So. Anyway, here's the thing about Zach Evans. We're going to be talking about Zach Evans, I think, six weeks from now in a very similar conversation. What we just talked about is probably going to be essentially what we talk about with Zach Evans until he goes to class somewhere. Yeah, because I mean, it's just all shades of grays and vagaries. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. All right, let's talk about, let's talk about 21s a little bit. Do you like what Tennessee got done in the month of January in terms of Getting guys on campus before you got into the dead period. How would you evaluate this this staff and how they did getting guys on campus? Uh, I, I thought they did a pretty good job. I mean, they did not get Travion uh, on campus, but I mean, they didn't have a running back. Travion Henderson. Henderson. Um, you know, they got Cody Brown on campus this past weekend. Uh, you know, I'm not talking to the kid. Uh, I know Tennessee feels like the the visit went went really well with with Cody. Um, you know, I, I was surprised having you know. Talk to the Dillsworth kid um, that Tennessee did not make the top five. Now, I mean that's a current top five. I mean that all changes. I mean kids change their you know the in and out of the teams. I know he says he's going to focus on those, but you know all it takes is you know two or three phone calls being made, and then you get right back in the mix. You know, um, but I mean that one I would expect to see Tennessee really swing hard to get back in on because I know they like him. Um, you know, and then you know, elsewhere, Jesse. I mean, Tennessee just did a good. They got eighty, basically eighty kids in this past weekend. I mean, they did a good job of, of just getting bodies here uh, the last three weeks. Whenever, when everybody uses these weeks as a junior day, because now that February is dead. Yeah, the the uh, I would say not. How do I want to put? Other than it seems like they need to really go hard after Valu now, if that's the only quarterback they got on campus the last three weeks in this 21 class. And we know that he's a guy that Osavet likes. We know that he's a guy that Cheney uh, thought had a really strong throwing session this summer. Um, but if you're, you know, Caleb Williams did not come up here. Uh, there doesn't seem to be, they didn't get, we know how much they like Drake May, but Drake May didn't make the drive over. Uh, so I, I just, they're going to have to go, I think they need to go hard, even harder. I should say, uh, than they have after Valu because the options are dwindling. Yeah, I think he's clearly their best option in the 21 class who can play. I mean, of, of a guy that, that, that they like. And I mean, that's the not, thing. Like, I don't I mean, they I mean, like, I mean, it's not like they dislike him. And I understand, you know, you like maybe, maybe you got in your dream world, you got Williams hired, you got, I mean, in Drake May. And, but, I mean, Christian's very realistic, and it's not a guy that you're, quote, settling big time for. I mean, because you liked him when he camped up here. Here's the thing, too, is like, <laughs> again, I think we go back to Jeremy's first recruiting class and, and the analogy of, you know, he, he went for Elijah Griffin and Tyson Campbell and 
uh, uh, ITS and all those five stars and then was slow getting on the kid that ended up going to NC State. Now, I don't know what kind of career he's had through the first two years. Okay, I've not, not paid one out of attention. Um, and, and, and obviously, you know, Eddie Jackson, they were in on. Um, but still, they wanted those other guys more. And he went to going to Alabama. Um, it's the old filet. You, you, keep, you keep swinging for the filet. And I, I just feel like Drake Mace filet. They just keep, they want the filet. I mean, that's, that's the, the, they're going to, you know, die on that hill. With Trey May, and and just why not take the nice sirloin? Don't end up with hamburger. You well, know? And the funny, I, mean, I mean, the funny thing too is that Drake. It, it's not even like Drake May has always been that fillet. That this is a staff that loves Stowers, who committed early A and M. They really like Vandegrift. They just they thought Caleb Williams it was the bee's knees. So I mean, it's just, you know, it's you know it. it I, I don't I don't I'm I, again yeah I agree. Don't having don't, watched don't we all watched that kid throw man. I mean like he threw better than Haynes King. He did. He yeah, that day, that day he was here. I, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I thought he threw I mean, he, the ball I, coming off his hand looked pretty good. I thought he threw the ball well. I, I did. I thought, you know what? The guy's, you know, guy's got quite – And he got, wasn't got intimidated intimidated by the, uh, the, 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 the atmosphere and right. the, the fact and it was he, cold that day and rain, the rainy. Drizzly, and like, he didn't yeah. mind. You know, give me the ball. I'll go throw it. I mean, you know, so there – I think the other thing you got to do too if you're Tennessee is – and it's a further year, you know, another year down the road. You, you got to get Ty Simpson on your campus as much as you can get him on your campus. To me, that's got to be priority. You know, priority one. You know, even though it's a year from now, quarterbacks come off the board early. That that, that guy's got to have a lot of your attention because that's the one you don't want to lose out on in state. And that's not a slam dunk that he's coming to Tennessee because you know Dad's Mississippi State grad. Mike Leach going to throw it a million times down there. This kid, you're already seeing it starting to blow up. The offers are rolling in. I mean, that's one that you're going to have to go recruit well, really he, hard, and you better be recruiting him really hard right and now. You, and you got to make it a purpose to go there. This isn't like, you know, you go to Memphis and, you know, you see like six kids. I mean, when you go there, you're going out there in Martin, you know, with a specific purpose to see him and him alone. And there's, you know, it's not and, – and it's – it's not close enough to campus for him just to run down here at their beck and call. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. He's I mean, got to feel like he's he's their, your your major priority because, I mean, I think that's an important – I'm not saying Tennessee's failing there. I'm just saying you can't wait four or five months to get deep going into that one. you got to go now because there's no telling when he may come off the board. I mean, that's a guy who may commit really early in the process. He may not. Yeah. But you better be – you don't want to be late to that party. I, mean, I think some other guys going through the list that, that, that we've caught up with the last three weeks, getting Miles Campbell, uh, Trinity Bell, um, William Griffin. You know, some of those guys are guys that I think the staff both like and these are prospects that have been to campus – at least three or four times in the last calendar year, even as kind of underclassmen. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a solid job. I mean, I really do. I think they've done a solid job of getting guys in that they like. Sure, you'd have liked to have Peyton Page over and some other guys you would have liked to have had in that you yeah. didn't get in. But overall, I think solid job. Now you got to follow that up with having a really good march of having a bunch of guys here for spring practice and for your orange and white game. And again, you got to get going and make sure that gets locked up because kids are making decisions now on what spring games they're going to. They're filling out their April calendars right now. Now, it may change, but you want to get a reservation for one of those, 
you know, one of those visits if you can. Yep. So and they that, better get Travion on campus because it's a, he did visit he did visit other places. He visited Georgia yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. So that that the running back the running back position is going to be um, who all does Jay like? Who all do they offer? What new guys pop up? You know, in the spring with evaluations. And where are they with, with Travion and some of these other guys as well as Jay kind of gets his feet? Because, again, he wasn't on the road, you know, after he took the Tennessee job. So what what is he like when he goes out in the spring evaluations? Who does he get in on campus? So, look, slow day on Wednesday, we think. Not a whole lot to happen. Tennessee's hoping for a good day with with a couple of signatures. We'll see what happens with Weidman and Beckwith and have full coverage of that. Quiet in the month of February, but a lot of phone calls to be made. A lot of movement. There'll still be recruiting news. We'll follow all of that for you as well. Plenty of things to get to when you talk about Tennessee recruiting and then obviously getting ready for spring practice as well. Let me tell you about Blue Water Climate Control. We're proud to have them a part of the VolQuest.com podcast. And did you realize that a heater over five years old should be checked every year to make sure all the safety controls are working properly and to make sure there isn't a dangerous carbon monoxide leak? Blue Water Climate Control's precision tune-ups takes care of that and much more. They can keep your house more comfortable, lower your operating costs, uh, prevent daily or costly repairs. In fact, if your heater breaks after their tune-up before the end of March, you'll get a 30% repair discount. So call Blue Water Climate Control at 865-299-2290. That's 865-299-2290. Or you can follow, get, see them online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. Follow them on Twitter at bluehto underscore climate. Bluehto underscore climate. You can find them uh, on Twitter as well. And as warm as it is right now, trust me, Rob Lewis, it's going to get cold again, right? Maybe. It's, maybe. Who knows? It's going to get cold Who again. Knows? It's coming. I promise you. There's going to be, we're going to be out here in March and we're going to, I'm going to be in a toboggan and I'm going to be in two pairs of socks and gloves covering oh, no, that quote, could, spring football. That could be the case on a 50 degree <laughs> afternoon. It <laughs> might be. All right. Speaking of cold, that may be the best way to describe this oh, Tennessee basketball team right now. What I, a segue. I mean, you got. Kansas, you play that game, you think maybe they've turned the corner, maybe if you play like that, you got a chance. Then they've come back after that Kansas game, laid an absolute egg at home against Texas A&M, and went and took on a talented Mississippi State team that just buried them in the second half. Fair, I mean, just, uh, again, I mean, you, you, said, I mean, you leave that game at Kansas, you're thinking, wow, you know, maybe they're, they, they might be a scrappy bunch of overachievers that that gets something done, and then they they come back and play as, as bad of a game as I can remember Tennessee playing against Texas A&M. And, and I think Mississippi State, I think that first half was kind of fool's gold. I think that was more about Mississippi State than it was Tennessee. And then, I mean, I think you saw that in the second half. Three-game losing streak, I don't – man, I had to go back and look. I mean, I, I think that might have happened Rick's first year. I don't know that it's happened since then. And, and right now, I mean, I just – I don't see anything. I don't think they finished 500 SEC play. All right, let me ask you this specifically about the Mississippi State game. What's more surprising to you that Viscovi and Euros, who's basically been on this team eligible to play since the first of January, so a little over a month, five weeks at most, that they're your leading scores on the road in the SEC against Mississippi State, or that Mississippi State shot 69 percent from the floor in the second half? Uh. I mean, I think it's probably more surprising about the two young kids, the two freshmen. I mean, just, I mean, there's not a lot to be 
positive about coming out of that game. You have to feel pretty good about Plavzik going and scoring 16 points against, you know, in my opinion, what might be the best front line in the SEC. I mean, out, you know, Kentucky's gotten Richards and, and Montgomery, who are, are definitely long and big and athletic, but Perry and Addo are, are, are pretty stout. And for, for Euros to go and do that in his first start, you know, playing since Josiah was hurt, uh, I, I was really impressed. And, and Santiago, though, that was a tough environment. And those were also, that, that's a veteran backcourt, you know, tough, tough older guards that, that he played well against. I mean, he had the three turnovers, but wasn't, I mean, he, I think he's gotten on top of that a little bit. It's not, you know, seven, you know, six, seven, eight. And he also had five assists, shot the ball well. It just, I mean, just mentally just wasn't rattled. I mean, he could handle it. I mean, I'm, I'm very impressed by what he's done. I mean, I'm, I've written about it and talked about it, but I just don't think you can say enough about that kid getting dropped in here on December 28th and, and being a, a quality player in the SEC like he has been. Yeah, he's certainly physically mature and mentally mature mentally, as the, well. The I mental mean, look, toughness. He, physically, he'll get better, but the mental toughness is something that's pretty impressive. i got to ask you this. I mean, how does Euros go for 16 <laughs> at Mississippi State and is a non-factor at home against gotta, Texas a I mean, you, you know – I mean, I think Rick Barnes does a great job. You got to question Rick Barnes. I mean, what's, what, I mean, he played him less than, I want to say, what, four minutes? Yeah, it was a non factor. It, 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 it was like he played him less than 10 minutes. He essentially I, didn't play. Essentially didn't play against Texas AM, a game where you gave up 23 offensive rebounds and you got a 7 1 kid sitting on the bench and, and you know, in mothballs. I mean, what do you, again, Rick, Rick Barnes won a lot more college basketball games than I have, but that's one where, I think in hindsight, and th- does he make a difference? I don't know, but he he sure did hurt, you know. When, when you can't, you know, when they're playing volleyball on their on their offensive backboard, they're just tapping it to themselves. I just I don't know how you don't give him more of a shot that that night. And I and I've said this on the board. I just and a lot of people agree. I just, right now, with where this team is, I just don't see why you don't play the freshman. Play them more. I mean, he got Rick got furious at, at Olivier Camois in Starkville the other day because of a defensive breakdown. But, I mean, the kid's not going to get any better when you play him two minutes a game. You know, I mean, he did play Devontae and Drew more, both, what, you know, seven, eight, nine minutes. But it's just not – I mean, this team isn't going to the, to the tournament, in my opinion. I mean, I think after this next week, that'll be apparent to everybody. I mean, get better. Start thinking about next year. So, what? Let's let's a couple other things to bring in here. What's the story on on Josiah James? Yeah, we just talked to Rick. We're recording this on Monday. Rick just had his um, his press conference um, Monday afternoon, and um, Rick mentioned last Thursday that you know if everybody saw Josiah was wearing you know some of that magnetic tape on his knee when when they played Texas A and M. Rick said he tweaked the knee um, at Kansas, but then didn't act like it was. You know any kind of a big concern, and then they go out for a walkthrough on Saturday at Mississippi State, and you know, Josiah decides he can't go. So uh, Rick said it was day to day. It doesn't seem like it's, a, it's it doesn't seem like it's a big deal, but um, he also seemed far less than certain that he was going to play Tuesday night at Alabama. So it is a knee. It's a knee. It's tweaked a knee. It, and, and Rick said he tweaked it at Kansas, played through it at Texas A and M. So I mean the injury you know, didn't. I don't think he. It, it, he made it any worse, but it was the same 
again, he didn't play on Saturday, and he played on Tuesday, and it's basically the same deal. All right, so this this thing gets going to get a lot harder when you look oh at my God. I mean, when you look at the schedule coming up for this Tennessee team. I mean, it's two not, against Auburn, two against Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it's not pretty. Okay, and you knew, and everybody knew that you had to make. You know, this team was going to have to make hay um, early on if they're going to. They didn't they're, need to be four and four right no. now. No, so they go to Alabama uh, tonight to, to take on the Crimson Tide, uh, and then you've got Kentucky. Arkansas, both at home, and Arkansas, I mean, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, it's, it's, that's not a bad Arkansas team. At South Carolina, then Vanderbilt, at Auburn, at Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, and Auburn to finish. I, mean, I think they got one, they'll beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt After home. that? Yeah. I mean, I, mean they, I don't think they're going to lose nine. Right, but, but I mean, but there's they can lose at South Carolina, no question. Sure. You know, I mean, none of them are locked in for, for wins no. or anything like that. So, how does Rick Barnes and this staff manage? You mentioned playing the freshman. How do you, how do you hold the rope together here and, and continue to get better when you're going to be in an area where you, you know, listen, I mean, Jordan Bound's not been in a world where you're going to lose potentially a, a handful of games down the stretch and the tournament's not – yeah, he was there as a freshman, but I'm I'm talking about the expect yeah. what's expectations, Chris. How, how does Rick Barnes manage this team? I, I don't. I think I think it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, me and you were talking off air. I mean, I, I've I've spoken with Rick, and he's not just you know he's just not blowing up at his kids right now. I mean, I think he kind of gets where they are. I don't by by no means am I saying he's okay with losing, but I don't think he feels like his team's underachieving. You know, I mean, I think he he feels like the efforts there. He he likes the mindset, the, the way they're working. And even though, I mean, he'll never come out and say this, but if, if you're a coach, I mean, you kind of got to feel like you're sort of building towards next year a little bit. You know, you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to, you know, for Jordan Bowden's sake, you don't want to say this, you know, the rest of this season doesn't matter. You got one senior in the team. Everybody, everybody except for Jordan's going to be back. I just, I mean, I think you start to get to the point where you, you let the freshman take some lumps. You try to, you know, you try to, you know, give them a little bit of longer leash and, um, Again, I just – we just looked at that – 10 games. I mean, there is one win on there. That's Vanderbilt. I mean, I don't think they're going to go one and nine, but – Right. But still, I mean, it could get ugly. It could get really ugly. All right, you mentioned everybody coming back, and, and obviously, you know, Bowden's gone, and, and you know, Pons has the big game and then just kind of was okay against no, a good front line. So, like, who – I mean, you know, who knows where – you know, for all the talk of his stock roaring a I mean, week ago. I don't ago, think he's going to go to the NBA. No, I, I don't think right now. I mean, now I do. Gonna... I mean, if anything happens with him, I think it would be right. a, Europe, a, Euro, a European team, you know, somebody from the EuroLeague. Right. But, I mean, I, I think everybody expects everybody back. Sure. I, I look at this roster coming back. I look at what's coming in. Tell me how they're going to be better in the paint next year than they are right well, I just, now. I think Eurosha's going to be a lot better. And, and Corey can he, Walker. Can he be quick enough? Can Euros no, be quick he's enough? Gonna, he's going to be better. And Corey Walker Jr. can score. He can score. And he's not going to be Grant Williams as a freshman, but he's that kind of player. You know, 15 just, foot in type scorer? Yes. Yeah. That, and, that type and, of guy? And he can step out. I mean, he, he's not a wing guy. I mean, Corey's a play in the paint, back to the basket, work the baseline, kind of small, you know, small three, three slash four, small forward, power forward guy. I mean, he can step out and hit open three pointers. But he's not a you know handle the ball, drive it six seven guy. He's a he's like you know again he's not Grant Williams right now. But but, he's, but, he but his plays, game's more like that than Admiral. Yes, or Admiral oh, would take totally, it to the rim. One hundred percent. Not that kind of player. Not, not that kind of guy. He's he's a low block, work it. You know, take a couple dribbles, make a move, 
very polished on the, on the block and you know, 12, 15 foot jump shot, really good. And again, he, he's, he, can, he can hit an open three pointer, but he's not floating around the perimeter. I think with, with him there, I think that's going to give. I mean, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be option number one. I'm just going. He's going to be an option like you know, Tennessee doesn't necessarily have right now. I mean, that Fulky is good some nights, but I think what you saw against Mississippi State's like Fulky's kryptonite. When you got two big, you know, strong athletic dudes like Addo and uh, Nick Perry, it's it's going to be tough for Fulky. I mean, that's that's just the way. And it I is. think the way he plays, I think he's got a. Almost a pitch count. I mean, I think he's a 26, 27-minute guy. I, I, think I just don't think, because of his style of play, I don't think he's ever going to be able to play effectively, play a 32, 34 I agree, and game. I think his head coach you know, feels the same way. So, but, but I think, you know, when you've got Fulkers that'll be a senior, I think Euro should be a lot better, and you throw Corey Walker into the mix, I think you're going to be a lot better down low, and you're going to be so much better on the perimeter. It's I, – I, in terms of scoring the ball, yeah, I just and what what you're going to have in Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer next year is it's light years different than what you're looking at right now. But some of these guys who are here now, these freshmen have to come on. Ponds has to continue to develop. You can't definitely the, the idea can't just be hey Corey Walker, Springer, no. and Keon Johnson are saving the day. And and Viscovi, I think is going to be great. I mean, Springer and, and Keon Johnson are going to make things so much easier for Viscovi. I mean, they're, they're, those three are going to be great together. They're going to. Because, I mean, and I've said this before, Jaden could play point guard for you. He can handle it well enough. He's, he's a good passer. But he is a – he's an assassin scorer. I mean, that's what he does. He scores the basketball. So, if you can take the playmaking ability or responsibility away from him and give it to somebody else like Viscovi, that, that makes him and I, I think your team a lot better. That's a, that's a long ways away from now. For right now, this Ooh. basketball team's got uh, plenty tough to do. Tough, tough week. week. Bama's, Bama just lost at home. They're going to be nasty. Yeah, tough month coming up for a basketball team in, in a conference that's still not very good, but you're getting ready to play the best, yeah. the best team. Doesn't have, have a top here. 10 team in it. You know, when you talk about Kentucky and Auburn, you know, will be you get those guys three times combined. And, and Florida. I mean, and Florida's, Florida's going to – the way they're playing, Tennessee plays them, what, the – Next to last weekend of the season, I think they're gonna they're gonna need. I mean, they're gonna be playing for a postseason resume. Well, and I, th- I think Arkansas is still gonna ha- have plenty to play for in there as well. Sure. So, uh, will be an interesting month for Tennessee. Certainly, an interesting week starting tonight with the Vols in Alabama and Tuscaloosa. We'll have full coverage of that as well. Uh, that's gonna do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com podcast, brought to you by Blue Water Climate Control. Remember, you can check them out at BlueWaterClimateControl.com. Or you can check them out on Twitter at blue two blue h two o underscore climate blue h two o underscore climate for Jesse Simonton, Austin Price, and Rob Lewis. I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday. Have a great day, everybody.